Good morning. Good morning. Uh, as the pastor said, Katie, my wife, she is from Minnesota or Minnesota. So uh, I said this morning that I'm going to uh, preach in English, but I'm going to use Minnesotan accent. So I don't know if you're going to understand what I said. <laughs> no, I'm using Colombian accent because I'm Colombian. So. <laughs> Um, I like to pray first, and, and I try to do that in Spanish because it's my, the language of my heart. So, gracias, Señor, por permitirme estar aquí y poder compartir tu palabra, uh, que es viva, que es eficaz. Y aunque no soy digno de compartirla, tú me permites hacerlo. Te pido que me ayudes, que tu espíritu me ayude a, a, a hacerlo. Uh, y que podamos eh, salir edificados eh, y transformar nuestras vidas. Te doy gracias, Señor. En el nombre de Jesús. Amén. <coughs> When we were uh, uh, called to serve in Colombia, uh, we were thinking about what to do in Colombia and how to serve in Colombia. So we saw there were two major ways we Uh, could have served in Colombia, and one was uh, uh, leadership training, and the other one was church planting. So since they asked us to serve as a church planters, we, I was looking up the idea of what it means to, to plant a church, and, and trying to go deeper and understand what is, what is the church, and it has been a good question for me, and I've been thinking about that question, so, uh, what is the church, and how do you plant a church? And I usually use an image about uh, some people, uh, different colors, different race, uh, different um, levels. Uh, some are sick, some are uh, uh, in good condition, uh, but they are, they are together. And I present the picture usually, and when people see the picture, I ask them, what is that? And they usually say, oh, this is... Unity, this is a community, this is a, a, a group of people together. Uh, and, and then I, I moved the picture and I put a picture of a building with a cross. And I asked, what is that? They say, oh, this is the church. And I say, no, the church is the first one. Uh, because in our heart and deep in our heart, the church is this place, it's this building. Uh, but the church is, is the first one, it's, it's the people. Uh, the people, that's the church. When I became a follower of Jesus Christ, I, uh, I was part of a, a small church uh, where most of the people who were part of that church were people who were not in a good economic condition uh, that we call poor people. Uh, and I was feeling great in that church because I was poor too. And uh, Some of my families, they were rich, and <clears throat> they were not so good people with us. So uh, being part of that community was like feeling in a good place for me. And on the other hand, uh, at that time, they were teaching about something called liberation theology. If you know about liberation theology, one of the focus of liberation theology is that the gospel is for the poor. Uh, that God cares for the poor, which is true. Uh, but the focus at that time was uh, rich people could not be uh, Christian because the gospel is for the poor. And I grew up in some ways with that idea. But then I moved to the city of Bogota and I met some covenant missionaries who were rich. 
And that was a shock for me because I said, oh, they are missionaries, but they are rich, so that's a little weird. Uh, <clears throat> and then I started going out with them, and we became friends. And, and I, I saw that they were Christians. They showed me God uh, with their love. Uh, and they spent time with me. And then we started working together, doing church planting together. We, uh, they would live in a neighborhood, and we would go to a different neighborhood and work with people who were in a, uh, not a good, good, good economic condition. And we worked together. And in some ways, I saw God through them. I saw that God could work with rich people, and God could work with people who are in not a good condition. So I was started learning about the church. But I still struggled with the idea of how it's possible that uh, uh, God is in the midst of people who are suffering, uh, who are experiencing pain, who sometimes don't have something to eat, sometimes they have clothes to wear, and, and God is there. But also God is with people who have a lot of things, uh, sometimes too much. Uh, and how does that work? How is that the church? And that's the question that I still struggle with uh, <clears throat> today. And... Going to Colombia, uh, and I remember one time I was with uh, one of my professors in North Park, and, he's, and I, I talked to him about this, and he said, oh, so now you're going to Colombia as a missionary. You're going to be rich uh, in Colombia now, uh, and you're going to be working with people who are in a difficult condition. So it's something that you're going to experience now. Uh, so you have to be struggling with this uh, now. So I'm trying to see in the Bible how the first Christian lived their Christian life and how they uh, did church. Uh, help me a little bit about what is the role of the church. Uh, how uh, can we do church in a healthy way? And so looking in Acts 2, <clears throat> uh, from 42 to 47, I'm going to read in this version. Uh, this text is, uh, before this text is something good happen is the Holy Spirit came and all, all the leaders were filled with the Holy Spirit and they will start preaching and Peter give a very good sermon it was an amazing sermon 3,000 people became followers of Jesus Christ I don't know if he, what kind of sermon he did but it was amazing <laughs> um, maybe he would say if you don't accept Christ you go to hell so everyone comes to accept Christ that moment but a lot of people came full of Christ, and then uh, 3,000, and then uh, the Bible, uh, Luke talk about how they live the Christian life. And 42, uh, the text say they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread, and to prayers. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. If you see the text, there are four things that has happened here in their worship service. The first thing that happened is they were, uh, they were devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Uh, they were listening to the apostles. 
And my question was, what, were, what was the apostle teaching? What were they teaching about? What were they talking about? Maybe were they were talking about the economic, maybe we were talking about how to live a good life, I don't know. But what I can think about is, uh, the only thing that they knew was uh, uh, the Old Testament, the promise that God had given in the Old Testament. Somebody, uh, the people of Israel were suffering because the history, you see the history, they were suffering um, many t times. They were deported to different countries. Um, bad things happened to them. But they have promise. And those promises said that somebody was going to come and restore everything. Somebody was going to come and do new things. Somebody was going to come and do things better. And they were waiting for that person. That was the promise that they have in the Old Testaments. And in the New Testament, you see the history of disciples with Jesus. What they experienced was they were able to know that person who was promised in the Old Testament. And they were able to walk with that person. They were able to see what that person did. They were able to see how that person showed what had been promised in the Old Testament and how he did it. Uh, so what I think about is them telling to the people who were around them what that person did. I was thinking about uh, they telling that one day they were walking with Jesus uh, in a city called Jericho. And a small guy uh, uh, was in a tree <laughs> trying to see Jesus. And Jesus called that guy, come down. And that guy was a very short guy, rich, tax collector. Nobody wanted them, him. Everyone hated him because uh, he was uh, collecting the taxes. So nobody wanted him. But Jesus invited him. Oh, Jesus asked him to be, uh, to re be received in his house. And he spent time with him. And, and everyone around was talking bad about what was going on. But Jesus accepted that person. Even though the society didn't accept that person, Jesus accepted him. I imagine them tell that story. I imagine him tell the stories of a woman who was sick for 12 years uh, and have an illness. Nobody wants to touch her. Nobody wants to be around her. But Jesus uh, let her touch him. I can imagine them telling stories about some kids who want to be around Jesus, but disciples tried to put them away. But Jesus said, no, they, 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 you have to let them come to me. And many other stories they will tell about Jesus Christ. Um, that's what they were teaching. They were teaching about Jesus, about Christ, about what Jesus did live, and how Jesus loved people, how Jesus loved their, even their enemies. That's what they were teaching. How Jesus accepted everyone. How everyone was welcome to be with Jesus. That's kind of, I can imagine that what they were teaching. And the second thing that I see in this text is, uh, uh, in English you have the word fellowship. In Spanish we have the word communion or comunidad. Uh, commun uh, communion or comunidad it's, I, have, I have to be careful with that word because it's a word communist uh, is very close to that. Uh, and I'm in the U.S. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> when I was applying to, to uh, have the U.S., uh, I think it was residency or citizenship, in, I don't know, in, in Colombia, they asked you a question, Are you, have you been a communist? And, and uh, oh, I had to say no. But it's, uh, that, I don't know if somebody going to say yes because if you say yes, they don't give you the visa. So... I had to say no. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
But the word comunidad or communion has to be something that it doesn't mean that they are the same. It doesn't mean that they are the same color. It doesn't mean that they, are this, they have the same age. It doesn't mean that they have the same way of thinking. It means that even though they are very, very different, uh, sex, race, color, way of thinking, uh, social status, uh, wherever, they are very different. But it's something that put them together, something that unites them, something stronger than them. They cannot be separate because that thing that is stronger than them unite them in a way that is, for instance, difficult. It's impossible to separate. And that was the Holy Spirit that was with them. And comunidad means that even though they are different, they have something in common. Uh, they have something in common. That's Jesus Christ between them. That's what unites them. And they live as a community. They live in comunidad. And that community impacts uh, the society in a very strong way. The third thing that they experience is the breaking the bread. Um, breaking the bread it doesn't mean only just to eat together. It's something deeper than that. Some people would say oh, they would have Holy Communion every day when they were together. But it's something deeper than that. Breaking the bread and their culture means accepting each other, uh, receiving each other in their table. Inviting somebody to eat is, is I invite you to my, to my home to be with me. Uh, remember in, in Revelation 3.20, they say, I'm knocking the door. If you open the door, I'm going to go and be with you and eat with you. It's not just for non-Christian people to accept Christ. It's, it's Christ to be with them. So they were going home to home, eating with people. If somebody don't have anything to eat, they would bring food together and eat together and spend time together. Uh, they did it every day, the Bible said. Spend time together. And the fourth thing that happened here is they would pray for each other. Uh, if you read the book of Acts, you see uh, praise everywhere in the book of Acts. Paul is all the time asking, can you pray for me? Can you pray for this community? Can you pray for this church in Ephesians? Can you pray for this church? Uh, and, and I pray for you that the Lord will give you this. And I pray, oh, you pray, pray everywhere. And it's something that happened in, in, in the book of, for, the, for me is very important is, if you see, uh, Paul doesn't talk about only about I. Paul talks all the time about we. Uh, so uh, something that happened in Colombia, um, uh, I don't know if it happened here too, but in Colombia when we, ha we are in the worship, uh, worship service sometime, uh, the worship leader will come and say, close your eye uh, and don't think about anything else, just in the Lord, which is good. And so, but sometimes he said, forgive your brother that is next to you. And I think, oh, I don't know if that's correct. When you come to the church, you come as a community. And your brother is part of you in this moment. You cannot just close your eye and forget about him because he's next to you. And maybe he's struggling with some problems right now and he just needs a hug from you. He needs to feel that he's part of a community. And the, the community is not just putting him aside. He needs to feel that somebody is with him. So let's be we and no I. 
Let's sing about we and not I. Let's come together as a community. So our praise has to be we also. When we sing, it has to be not about I, but about we as a community. You can have your I time by yourself and your home with Christ. And that's what he said. When you pray, you go to the, the, the uh, pray where you, nobody sees you. Uh, and I usually pray in my bathroom. Yeah. When I told Katie I'm going to the bathroom, she knows that I'm going to spend maybe half an hour in the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah. I pray and I read. This is my time with the Lord over there. So, yeah, we have places in our home we can have our eye with the Lord. But when we come as a church, we need to use the expression we. Um, <clears throat> be in the church. Uh, we have a group of young adults in Colombia and when, I came, when we came to Colombia with Katie, we were thinking about how do we do these church planting things? How do we do that? Uh, people there were accustomed to get 10 people together and then rent a place and then start doing like worship service and stuff. And, and said, so we, we don't want to do that. It's just, we had to spend a lot of money like renting a place, had to pay a place, and then put a sign out, this is the church or something like that. And we just invite friends to our home and spend time with them. And, and spend time with them and... And we start like studying the Bible together and learning about God together and and trying to find some values for this group. And we came out with three values. Uh, one is called formation. And formation, we study the Bible in a deeper way. We go to the, to the text and study the text. And we observe the text. Then we interpret the text. And then we apply the text. And this is the way that we study the Bible. And then we do uh, something called community. Communities, we go out together, we watch movies together, we eat together, and, and we spend time together. And the third thing that we do is called service. Uh, we, uh, as a group, uh, the group support two social projects where young adults, they go there and serve with their talents, with their gifts, and, and they do that together. And they call that place their church. Uh, this is the church for them. Uh, these are their community. Uh, and even though some of them, they haven't accepted the Lord as their Savior, they call that place their church. Uh, and this, is, for me, has been something good uh, to do. Uh, something that happened with this community here uh, in the Bible, uh, when we read the history of the church, they impact the society where they were in a deeper way. Uh, if you see the text, you see Verse 47, praise, praising God and enjoying the favor of the, all the people. And the Lord add to their number daily those who were being safe. They didn't have to evangelize. The way that they were living attracts people. Uh, people want to be part of this community. People, when people saw this community, they would say, I want to be part of this people. I want to be part of these people. Uh, this community was reflecting the kingdom of God. They were reflecting the kingdom of God and earth. Uh, sometimes when we think about the kingdom of God, we think about future. But they were, in that moment, they were reflecting the kingdom of God. So when people saw these people, they want to be part of this. And the history of the church uh, talk about something called uh, something that happened like a hundred years after Jesus died. It was a big pledge, plague, yeah. 
uh, plaga. It's easy in Spanish. Uh, and some people were leaving the city because uh, people were getting sick. And if you touch somebody who was sick, you would get sick too and you would die. But Christians, this group of people, they didn't uh, leave the city. They stayed in the city. And what they did was they would go to the street and they would pick up people who were sick and take them to their homes and spend time with them. And most of these people who were sick were not Christians. Uh, and they would bring them to their home and spend time with them. And, and there is a book, I forget the name of the book, but the book said that they would uh, die with these people. Uh, and when they find them, like they were uh, together uh, dead, they would say they were dying with a smile on their face. Uh, because they were doing uh, God's work. Because they were loving people. Uh, they were showing God's love. Uh, these people were living, uh, were living as the church. They were being the church. Uh, they were being the church. Uh, yesterday when I was sharing with uh, a group of people here, I would say that in Colombia, sometimes you see here too, you see cars that say, Jesus loves you. Or God's love you, uh, something like that. And sometimes you go somebody in the street and you uh, you see, oh, God love you. And that's that's true. God love everyone, uh, and some people know that. But there is a story: uh, a woman, uh, somebody came to her, and and she had a very difficult story, suffering and abuse, and all bad thing could happen to her. And a Christian guy come to her and and said, God love you, and she would look at him and say, are you sure that God loved me? Do you see my story? Do you see my suffering? Do you see the way that I live? Are you sure that God loved me? Uh, that guy was, he didn't have nothing to say to her. Uh, we are called to tell people that God loved them, but we are called to show how God loved them in a visible and tangible ways. Okay? We are called to tell people that God loves them, but we are called to show how God loves them. That's the church. Uh, I want to ask the same question that I asked this morning to you. Um, if Hope's Covenant Church one day disappear from these neighborhoods, what do the people would say in the neighborhood? Oh, thanks God that this church disappeared from here. <laughs> they would say that? Or they would say, oh, so sad that the church disappeared. Because they were doing so good for the neighborhood. They were doing so good, such a good thing for the neighborhoods. They were uh, changing this neighborhood. They were reaching the people around. They were uh, doing such a good thing in the neighborhood that we were so happy with them. That's the question that we need to ask to us. Um, the pastor was sharing this morning that 80, about 80% 80 of the people around here doesn't know about Christ, so they don't go to church. Um, what are we doing to change that statistics? How do we do to change that? Uh, and my answer would be, be in the church. Be in the church. Be in the church that is described in the Bible. It doesn't mean that it's perfect. I like your sign that you say that no perfect people is allowed here. And thanks to that, I can preach here. 
um, but the answer is being the church, being the church of Jesus Christ. Uh, this is the answer. And we are called to be in his church wherever we are. We are called to, to, to teach about Christ, to live the life in Christ. We are called to live as a community of Christ. We are called to share with everyone what we have. Uh, and something that's said in the text uh, is that no, nobody needs anything because if somebody needs something, somebody from the church will come and provide what they need. So was no need people, needed people in the church. And they pray together too. So I, my challenge to you and my challenge to me is to be the church that Christ wants us to be in this world. And this is the only way that we can do transformation uh, in our community and our society here and this neighborhood here in the United States, in Colombia, wherever we are. God bless you. Jesús, te doy gracias por tu fidelidad, por tu amor y por tu misericordia, por tu bondad. Y te doy gracias por permitirme compartir tu palabra, Señor, que es viva, que es eficaz, que penetra hasta lo más profundo de nuestro ser y que produce transformación en nuestras vidas. Y en esta mañana te pido que no vuelva vacía y que haga efecto en mi vida y en la vida de mis hermanos aquí. Ayúdanos a ser la iglesia que tú quieres que seamos, Señor. Donde todos son bienvenidos. God, thank you this morning uh, for your grace and your love and your mercy. Lord God, thank you for the ways that you are at work transforming us and working in and through us. God, thank you for your word that is living and active. And, and God, um, transform us through your word. Lord God, may we live out uh, what you have called us to live. God, may, may, we, may we hear what you are saying and, and may we take it to heart and, and live as the church, Lord God, in our communities. Thank you, Jesus, for, for the way that you, you love us and that you call us to love others. Lord God, go with us today, we pray in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.